I don't want to be tapped out when I get home anymore. I don't want to have to sit in the driveway and decompress for 20 minutes before I go inside to be with my family. Welcome back to Teacher Tales, where we give you the keys to overcoming teacher burnout to find work-life balance and educational bliss, if it still exists. On this interview episode of Teacher Tales, transformational advice and family are of the utmost importance. First, witness the sagely advice that reshaped an educator's approach to work-life balance. Then, relive the pivotal moments an educator found confidence in their teaching journey. Lastly, it's important to find your green grass, even if it means leaving the school that's taught you everything. So we have uh, somebody on with one of the most unique names I've ever heard. Uh, Sparkle, welcome. Thank welcome you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for recognizing how unique my name is. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we have to start off. Give us the the breadcrumbs. Like, how did you get to teaching, and did you always kind of feel like you were going to be a teacher? I know that's two questions at once, but here we go. Um. Okay, so for me, I don't think that I always felt like I was going to be a teacher. When I was in undergrad, I actually had a focus, like a goal in mind to own a beauty salon. What? So my undergraduate focus was in business management. That's actually what my degree is in, business administration. Same. Um, I have always been like really good at doing hair. So I had this whole thing in mind, like I'm going to, Learn everything I need to know about business, how to manage, how to handle finances, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to open my own salon, and I'm going to do hair, and I'm going to manage it, and manage it well, because I'm going to know everything I need to know. Um, so I graduated with my undergrad in business, decided I didn't really want to do hair <laughs> anymore. That <laughs> that fled very quickly after graduation. Um, so then I was like, you know what? I'll go into assets management because I've always been like a frugal spender. Oh, money person. And, uh, yeah, I was like, you know, I could teach people how to manage their money. Yeah. That didn't work out how I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wanted to hire me. I didn't have any experience. So Mm. I was working for, uh, Hertz and they had this like management trainee program. So I was like, cool, I'll, I'll do this for a while and get some management experience. Right. Um, and probably about a year in, I was like, yeah, this ain't it. Like, I knew <laughs> there was more, but I was like, this is not it. And I was like, I feel like I need to be working with kids, but I don't even know what that looks like. Um, so Why? then I said- Why'd you have that feeling? Because, like, you're working at a car rental place, but something yeah. about kids. Well, so when I was in undergrad, I worked for the Boys and Girls Club of America. Okay. So I did like their after school program there, mm-hmm. which I enjoy, but um, I just didn't know what that looked like for me personally, as far as a career path was right. concerned. Um, and then I, I don't know. I think I've just always been a naturally nurturing person. I was like, I'll go get a nursing degree. And then I'll work, uh, you know, at a children's hospital, 
And uh, I was like, okay, this, this is what I'm going to do. So that was what I started working on, looking at applications on how to like get into school, the best programs. Mm-hmm. And then I had an oncologist come rent a car. And she was telling me, like, you seem like a very, you know, kind person, maybe a little sensitive. This might not be the lane for Uh-oh. you. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> she said, yeah, like, you know. You seem like the kind of person who would take home everything that you right. see and experience with these kids. And there's a lot. Like, it's a burden, you know, to see sick children like this. Some of them don't mm. survive. Do you really think that's something you could do? Off this, like, just coming to rent a car? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes the customers, you have to, like, drop them off at certain locations yeah. or pick them up. And we were just, just chop, Yeah, just talking in the car. So she was just telling me about her experiences and how... You know, it took her years to kind of get to the point of not bringing everything home. Right. And then that was the moment where I was like, yeah, nursing is not, that's not. She had you spot on too. (laughs) It's not going to work. I'm an empath to the fullest extent. And I was like, that's not going to work. So I was like, okay, well then what's next? Like I knew I needed to do something. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, well. I'm going to find an alternative certification program. I'll go into teaching. I know I can be a good teacher. Mm. Went online, paid the money to start the program, did a couple of the modules and activities, and then I just let it fall by the wayside. So I was like, yeah, it's taking too long to get (laughs) (laughs) Those programs can be... The classes were like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So... Uh, in January 2009, mind you, in December 2008, I had literally just bought my first brand new car. When I say it was brand new, like it had 13 miles on it when wow. I got it. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it now. <laughs> and in January 2009, the HR lady came in and she was like, hey, so we're laying you off. Oh, no. Effective immediately. I need your keys and your badge. And I was like, oh, (laughs) so like it was almost like God was like, you need a little push and I'm going to give it to you. So he did. Um, I went home that day and started all the coursework. Like I just sat for hours and just did all the coursework. And then my advisor lady reached out. She was like, hey, you've completed, you know, X percentage of the program. You're ready to take your certification test. I was like, cool. So I was like, Psh, I'm made to be a teacher. I know I'm supposed to work with kids. I'm going to go take this I test. can do this. Yeah. 150 bucks. Signed up. Went in there. Got my results. I was two points shy of passing. Mm. So I was crushed. I was like, dang. And then I said, okay, that was your first time. Right. Two points? Sign up again. That's a fluke. Yeah. So I started doing all my module activities. Had to do some observation hours. Mm-hmm. I went first to the elementary school and I was like, heck no, maybe this is not for <laughs> me. You know, maybe, oh God, the kids are like cussing and oh, no. fighting in the classroom. Not I was cussing. Like, no, <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> so the next set of observation hours, I went to middle school. Now, the day that I went, my friend was actually not there. Uh oh. So 
they sent me to this other lady. So she brings me in. Now, again, both of these schools are like within a mile or so of each other. So mm-hmm. they're in the same type of community. So the teacher brings me in. She was like, look, these kids are not your friend. You need to know Uh-oh. that. <laughs> she was like, you come in here and I, you know, you just need to be hardcore. Don't let up. Say what you got to say. Be done. They're not your friend. Wow. No niceness. That sound like. So I'm scared. A disaster. I'm scared because I said, what <laughs> did I just walk into? Totally different than that first oh, classroom. Oh, God. So she, she, you know, she come, the kids come in, they're switching class and passing periods, whatever. And she was like, sit down and be quiet. And I was like, oh, no, maybe teaching is not for me. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't pass the test. Maybe it was all maybe a Maybe he's trying to tell me something different. <laughs> So I went there for a few days. I did get all of my hours. And I was like, let me just really think, like, is this the direction I want to go? But it was just like a, it was just like a tug in in me, like, keep doing it. Like, you you can do this. This is where you need to be. So I signed up for the special education, early childhood through 12th grade certification test. Longest, like, two, three days of my life, right? Because at this point, I'm already like, am I going to pass? Am I not? Am I going to pass? Am I not? And I realized through this process that I have legitimate test anxiety. Mm. So I took the test. It was on a Friday. So, of course, you got to wait the weekend. And then you got to wait the business days. Oh, man. It was so (laughs) long. And then I get the alert that my results are in. So I log in and I'm like, okay, God, just please, <laughs> please let it be so, so I can get this job. So I uh, log in and it said passed. So I'm crying real tears again. Cause I'm like, yay, it's happening. The doors are opening. Oh my God. So I, um, I called my, the administrator back at this point. I'm like, you're just going to be my mentor. Cause you're, you've guided me through this whole process. So yeah. I call her back. And I'm like, I passed the the special education test. Like, what do you got? And she was like, nothing yet. She was like, oh. the other teacher decided not to resign also. She's just going to go on um, FMLA. So I was like, dang. But she said, it's okay. Because right. I said, I was going to help you. I'm going to help you. And so she did. I went in. I was doing all these interviews. And I was on my way to like a third interview. Because I hadn't got any calls back yet. So I was like, I'm going to just keep going on interviews. Right. Went to, I was on my way to an interview and she called me and she said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm on my way to an interview. And she was like, don't go. I was like, what you mean don't go? And she was <laughs> like, don't go. And I was like, I can't just not show up to the interview. And she was like, yeah, I got a position for you. She was like, don't go. And I was like, no, but wouldn't it be unprofessional if I right. just like didn't show up? And she was like, no, like call them, tell them that you found something else come here like come here now i said okay i called them i was felt really bad about that too i was like hey something else (laughs) lined up for me thank you so much for the opportunity but i won't be there for the interview Mm. so i go to her site she was like i got a job for you i was like like for real this time she said no for real i got a job i got a job for you she was like give me three references give me their phone numbers the job is yours i was like Wow. Isn't that like one of the best messages you can receive Man. in life? I have a job. You are hired. You are <laughs> hired. So I 
I'm like immediately like, here's their names, here's their numbers. And then as soon as I gave her the names and numbers, I sent them text messages like, hey, I got a job lined up. I need y'all to answer when yes. y'all see her calling. Yes. Don't ignore the call Don't because it's not it. saved in your phone, okay? <laughs> so she called and like the next day she was like, hey, all your references responded to me. Everything checked out. I submitted everything to HR. It's not official till you get the call, but you in. you're in. Nice. And I was like, oh, God, it finally happened. The door opened. I'm going to have a job. I was just thrilled. Now, this had been a process. When I finally got this teaching position, it was in 2012. So if that tells you three years? the span of time. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, That's a long time. <clears throat> now, I will say in the fall of 2009, I did go to an elementary school and I worked as a paraprofessional. Mm-hmm. In a um, special education early childhood program. And that was an experience in itself. But I learned a lot from that. So I feel like what I learned from that, I was able to take into right. the classroom, especially because I ended up getting hired for a special education position. Mm-hmm. The first job. It was three years in the making, but I I made it. So that was 11 years ago, 2012 to, yeah. to now. So what... What kinds of uh, different roles have you had throughout those 11 years? So I started as a special education resource teacher. I taught fifth and sixth grade resource. That was math, ELA. As a matter of fact, my first year teaching, I had self-contained kids. So I taught every single subject Mm. for two grade levels. I spent four years as a resource teacher and then... I was given the opportunity to become a compliance coordinator. Okay. Um, So What is that? That (laughs) was also a very loaded job. I was responsible for my campus specifically. I was responsible for 504, 504 meetings, accommodations, making sure the teachers were remaining in compliance with providing those accommodations. I was also responsible for special education services, accommodations, art meetings. All the things, making sure teachers were in compliance with following what was in (laughs) the IEP. I was also responsible for state assessments for the campus. So tail pass, star assessments, all the things. All Um, the stuff that's a hassle. All the stuff that is hard to manage. (laughs) That was my job. That was my job for four and a half years. And then Mm -hmm. in the middle of my fifth year... I got offered to be uh, dean and be an administrator. Um, and so I did that for two years. And then I realized it was time to step away <laughs> from the campus that I was at. <laughs> so I just took a step back altogether and I left the school district that I was in, the role that I was in, and I went to a new district and um serve as art facilitator so facilitating IEP meetings for three campuses shout out to the art facilitators you have it's a job a wonderful job (laughs) it's a fun job so how would you describe teaching to someone who's never taught in the classroom oh that's that's a good question right great question I think it has to come with a level of passion and compassion, mm. I think there has to be a desire in order for you to teach because that looks like 
not only in my teaching content, not only in my teaching skills, but I'm also teaching life skills. Right. I'm also teaching you manners. I'm also teaching you problem solving. I'm also teaching you, you know, critical thinking. Like mm-hmm. I'm also teaching you how to build relationships with other people. I'm also teaching you how to, you know, decompress or how to respond appropriately in mm-hmm. hard situations and I think in order for you to be able to teach, especially in that way, there has to be, you have to have a heart of compassion and you have to have a desire to even want to give that much of yourself to somebody else. Yeah. So (laughs) if you don't have passion and compassion, how can you deal with 600 people every day? You can't. So, and I was just thinking, you talked about having a point where you had to step away from a campus, an entire district. Yeah. Um, would you say that that's how like burnout kind of manifested for you in that way? Most definitely. I guess for context, the campus where I started, where I first got that call and got that position is the campus where I elevated every time. Mm. So every promotion I received was still on the same campus. So I was there for a lot of the changes, right? um, staff changes, administrative changes. I've seen a lot. Um, I was there for 10 years. So <sighs> 10 years of time, same school. And with each change, you know, there's just different changes you're going to see as far as the students who come in. Mm-hmm. Um, the area where we were, um, there's a lot of rental properties. So, of course, you're going to have a lot of in and out, in and out uh, transient students who, you know, once that lease is up, they go somewhere else. And right. then you got new kids coming in. So there was a lot of that, Um, and I was at the point of, man, like, does this have to, like, if I stay here, is this how it's going to be forever? You know, there was a lot of behavior needs, and when I say behavior needs, I mean, you know, second, third grade kids bringing weapons to school (sighs) and, you know, fighting all the time, and I even... My last year there, I had two parents try to fight me. Mm. I had parents call the police on me. And that was the moment of burnout. It was just like. What did that feel like? What were those emotions? um, Frustration. Mm. um, Because it's like, man, like I'm I'm doing everything I can to help. Right. Like I'm giving all that I have every day. Um, to show the kids that I care, you know, that I'm not just another body, but like right. I genuinely care like for y'all's growth and for you to be a better kid mm-hmm. and to mature into somebody who's going to make good choices. Um, and I tried to extend that same, you know, level of care and grace to the parents as well. But you just have some that are just not willing to either receive it or give it back. Right. Um, and so I was frustrated because it's like, man, like I'm, I'm giving my all every day. I'm giving my time. I'm missing out on a lot of time with my own kids mm. and my husband and my family because I'm here. Right. And so you go like, how dare you question? Yeah. <laughs> or how dare you not care that I care so much? You right. know what I mean? Like you just, yeah. And I, so it was sadness too, because mm. it was just like. 
I do have some sort of tie, right, to these kids and to this campus and to this community because I've been here for so long. So it was a level of sadness that I don't want to leave because I feel like I'm the only person who cares yeah. the way that I care. Right. This is my campus. Yes. But it so it, there was some sadness with, you know, it's time to step away, right? But I just didn't want to because I cared about them. So it was just frustration. It was sadness. I had a lot of, I mean, to, to some point I had a lot of anxiety because mm. I would pull up and be like, oh, another day of this. You know, like, I don't want to be tapped out when I get home right. anymore. I don't, I don't want to feel drained. I don't want to have to sit in the driveway in the car and decompress for 20 minutes before I go inside. <sighs> So that I'm not, you know, snapping at my kids mm-hmm. or whatever. So it just was a, a, a range of emotions, and it was just, it was just a like a feeling of, yep, it's time, it's time. So when you have people in that situation that maybe come to you, hey, Sparkle, it's so hard. How do you help them through it? How do you help them to get through burnout? Whether it's you know, in the classroom or just a myriad of things. Yeah. Um, one of the things I had to remind myself of, and a lot of times that I would share with other staff is like keeping the focus on your why. Mm-hmm. And I had to really remember why I got into education to begin with and the moments of impact that I have had. Because right. every moment wasn't a bad moment, right? Like, of course, there's some really good highs. Um, and so keeping my mind on the highs or just the, the growth that I would see in some of the kids, mm-hmm. like, okay, this is why, like, this is why I'm still here. This is why I still do it. And that was some of the encouragement that I would share with them too. Like, you know, it doesn't mean you come out of this. You just got to remember what the focus is instead of keeping the focus on nothing's going to change right. or these kids are. They're going to keep being who they are, and the parents are not going to support. But then you have the parents who will. So remember. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Yeah. What would you say surprised you the most about being a teacher? The uh, amount of work. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought, um, you know, I'm just going to go in here and do what I do, right? Because I... I work well with kids. I interact with them. Mm-hmm. I just had no idea the amount of planning, the oh. amount of time, the amount of preparation of materials. And again, like I said, you know, when I started, I was teaching math, science, reading, writing, and social, social studies. studies for two grade levels. So That's it a was lot. a lot of content. So I was spending a lot of late evenings. I mean, I can remember some nights I would be in there, like, trying to do my lesson plans, prepare my materials, you know, if it was fractions, cutting stuff up, and Mm -hmm. just all kind of stuff. And I came out, and it's a program going on in school. And, you know, most programs start at, like, 6, 7 o'clock. When people get off work. And I'm walking through, (laughs) like, all shoots. But, uh, you know, I just, it was a lot. It was a commitment. It was a commitment of time effort um even at home i'd be sitting there trying to catch up on stuff and do grades and enter grades because then that's a whole nother piece you got all these things going on then you forget i gotta put grades in (laughs) parents Ah. are going into skyward looking to see what their kids are doing and it ain't nothing in there 
But yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's perfect that you said that. So how does that, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel like you dealt with work-life balance early on? And then how do you grade yourself now? My first year, I felt like I was great because I didn't have any kids. Mm. Uh, I was just my husband and then there was me. Yep. And, um, you know, so we just worked it out. Like, we just worked it out. But then when I got pregnant, you know, it was like doctor's appointments and this and that. Mm. And then, oh, yeah, you got to rest because you're carrying a whole kid. Yeah. And um, still try. I mean, it still wasn't quite as difficult as it was to when I finally, like, delivered. Mm-hmm. Because... Then I had to go, you know, on leave. You want the time with your baby. But at the time, I didn't sign up for short-term disability because I wasn't planning on getting pregnant. Right. So I had to come back sooner than I hoped because I wasn't getting paid. Shout out to all the school districts who don't pay moms when they're on leave. Yeah. That's a negative Uh, shout out. (laughs) You guys just be better. Yeah. So that was a whole, that was a whole new component for me. Um, Even just trying to come back to work, like just the... The sadness of coming back, like missing being with my baby, mm-hmm. but then coming back. And I was also a breastfeeding mom. So I was having to like be accommodated by having a room to go to, to pump during the day and then come back. And I remember teachers being like, get it together, Sparkle, get back in the groove. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm sleeping like three hours a night. Right. And I'm still trying to pump and I'm still trying to prepare all these lessons. And I'm still trying to help all these children. And I'm still trying to go home and like cook right. dinner. Those people you like, all right. Oh, like, yeah. It I was so insensitive. For you. <laughs> but yeah, it got harder. And then, you know, as I had more kids, it just got harder. Um, and as my responsibilities at work change, like with each position change or each role, I felt like I was losing the balance. It Mm. was definitely the scale tipped on one side. Um, And I was definitely giving much more of my time and attention to work than I was to my family. And that was kind of the point where I had to make the decision to do something different. Because even, and my husband doesn't complain a whole lot when it comes to that kind of stuff. But even he was like, hey, so something has to give. Right. And I was like, I know you're right. And how many years were you in at that point? Ten. Dang, so that was... <laughs> that was just... <laughs> just <ago>. happened. <laughs> Ten years. Wow. Because things change. I think work-life balance looks different, like you yeah. said, in different stages of life. So if you had to give someone some advice on work-life balance, what would that look like? Um, I would give the same advice somebody gave me. Uh, it took me a while to really put it into practice, but I, when I was pregnant with my second kid, um, one of the ladies that I worked with at the time, she said, um, are you going to take your whole 12 weeks for leave? And I was like, no, you know, I need to get back. That's a long time for the kids and I have a teacher. I mean, you know, I'm really trying to, and she was like, you need to take your whole 12 weeks. And I said, why? And she said, she went on to tell me about an experience with her health that she, she said literally just one day at work, her legs kind of buckled under her while she was coming down the steps. She ended up rolling, like falling down the steps at the school. 
Anyway, went on to the hospital because they couldn't figure out what was wrong. She ended up being out for a whole year. Like near death because they just did not know what was happening with her. And she said, when I was gone, do you know who checked on me? And I was like, who? And she was like, nobody. "Nobody." That's awful. And she said, if I had died like they thought I was going to, you know what HR would have done? They would have posted my position as vacant and hired somebody else. Mm. And she said, take your whole 12 weeks. She said, when you leave here at the end of the day, leave all your work here with you. Because taking it home doesn't do anything if you're not here, right? Like if if you die, something happens to you, they're just going to fill the position and give the work to the next person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that sat with me for a minute because I'm like, you are absolutely right. That's like, the cold, harsh truth. It's the harsh truth. And so I got to the point, especially once I just left that first district altogether, and I was like, it's not coming home with me anymore. Like... I'm not responding to text messages and emails at 9, 10 o'clock at night. Mm-mm. I don't care what needs to be taken care of. They're going to have to wait till in the morning. Right. And and for the last couple of years, like that. Changed everything. That's been it. Like when I leave at 430. See y'all. I don't even have the email <laughs> on my phone. Like I don't even, don't give me no alert, no notification. Don't call me. Unless it's like, I'm going to be out tomorrow. You know, okay. Right. Hope you feel the exception. Yeah. But. I just, I leave it there. Like, I leave it there. And if I don't finish it, I'll do my best to do it tomorrow. But once I leave here, it's family time. And that's it. Excellent. Wow. So now we're at the part where we do our five what's. Okay. I will let you choose who, what, when, where, or why. So we can go in whatever order. Who? Who's the student you remember forever? Paul. Oh, shout out, Paul. You know about Paul? I don't. Okay. (laughs) Paul is the student I will remember forever. Um, So Paul was a kid when I was a paraprofessional in the early childhood special education program. Paul was one of the students uh, who had autism in the Mm -hmm. class. And when I first started working there, Paul was nonverbal. Paul needed a lot of support with just completing like regular tasks, mm-hmm. self-help tasks. I mean, just the regular typical typical things we take for granted, he struggled to do. And he did not verbally communicate with, except for the exceptional no, stop, okay. I mean, like that was really pretty much it. Um, when I started working there at the start of the school year, This is what I saw on the last day of school, my first year at that school, Paul grabbed me like by the face. He just had, I I don't know, he was very drawn to me. So I I helped with him a lot, but um, he grabbed me by the face and he said, Miss Sparkle, see me. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I was like boohooing because those were the only, like that was the closest to a sentence that he spoke the mm-hmm. whole school year. And the fact that he like called me out and was like, I want you to see me. Like, cause he turned my face towards him and was like, see me. And I was like, I see you, Paul. Like I'm, I, I'm with you. So um, I just, like, I just felt connected to Paul and I actually still keep in touch with him and his mom to this wow. day. Like we still go out and have pizza and hang out and stuff. So yep, Paul's my guy. Dang. Inspiration. He's in high school now. Yeah. He was okay. Three. <laughs> what, when, where, or why? When. 
I love this question. Okay. When did you begin to feel confident in yourself as a teacher? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> I felt confident in myself as a teacher at the end of my first full year, like as the classroom teacher, not the para paraprofessional, but my first full year, I felt like I was very unsure all year. Mm. And then at the end of the year, when the star scores came back, now again, I was a resource teacher, so all of my kids were in special education. They were getting, you know, services and support. And all of my kids in fifth and sixth grade, except for one student, passed the star test. Wow. And I was like, oh, you did that, girl. You I did got that. this. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was it for sure. That's when I had the boost of confidence. Man. I recently had somebody on, they said, after 31 years, I still don't feel confident as a teacher. And I this person's that. been nominated for Teacher of the Year, well, at, at this year, actually. Shout out to Ward. Miss Ward. I got my correction. Oh, I'm, I'm pointing <laughs> to the camera. There's no camera. Uh, but I had her on, and she's like, it's still always times where I'm just like, ah, I, get it. I don't know. Because, I mean, the curriculum is ever-changing. Yeah. It is. I mean, it changes year to year. So I could totally understand how mm -hmm. somebody would feel that way. But I guess, you know, from the perspective I'm looking at, it was a confidence in like, okay, maybe you are doing something right. 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 Yeah. So. Both both answers. Hundred percent legitimate. Yeah, yeah. Easy way to get there. Yeah. Okay. We have what, where, and why. Where. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> okay, let's go with this. Where's your happy place? You get to get away from all the all the things, and you get to go to this place, and that's where you like to be. So, because <laughs> of what I do, um, and I, so I'm an introvert. So being an educator takes a lot mm. out of me on a daily basis. So I set up the space in my house where there's, you know, a sofa and it's just very like calming, relaxing. The colors, like I painted in there. Ooh. The colors are just very calming. And when I sit on that couch, it's just like a, you know, kind of a moment. And my kids know, my husband know, like if they are calling for me, he'll say, oh, mommy's sitting on that couch. She's in her room. Don't bother her right exactly. now. Like they already know. Mommy needs that time, that space. But when I sit on that couch, I'm just like, all worries are gone. Even if I just get 20 minutes, that's that's my space. Okay. Everybody get yourself a nice couch out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We have what and we have why. What? What's your favorite lesson to teach? Okay, as a math teacher, my favorite thing to teach was decimals. Okay, why decimals? You could do so much with decimals, but again, you know, I taught students with special needs, and so I felt like they really needed life application practical lessons. And with decimals, with adding and subtracting decimals, you could just do a lot for them. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is go to the dollar store or pick up stuff around my house and I would set up a store within my classroom. Mm. I would price tag it. 
I would give everybody, you know, play money when they came into the door. Yep. This is how much money you have. These are all the items you could choose from. I would make them add up the cost of all the items they selected. And then I would make them subtract with this is how much you're giving me. This is what it costs. How Mm -hmm. much change should I give you back? So that was probably one of my favorite lessons. Anything that I could teach that those life applications, I think those are the most valuable lessons that you can teach in the classroom. Because anything that can tie it back to, oh, okay, this is how this works in my life. Right. When I leave here. It makes it more meaningful. It makes it more meaningful. Yep. Okay, we have why. That's it. Let's go for it. Why do people quit teaching? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. People quit teaching because they don't always feel supported. And that could be on a number of levels. They may not feel supported by their administrators. They may not feel supported by district level, people who make the decisions for what they do in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think, I mean, and it could look different for different people. Um, But you have some administrators who will just become frustrated with that. And they'll just, you know, let's do these conferences, let's start these write-ups, let's start this process and push you out. Right. Whereas if they had the support they needed, hey, this is what I observed when I came into the classroom. Mm -hmm. This is what I think you could benefit from that will help you get to where you need to be. Or this is how you can improve in this area or these these skills. You know, let's go to this PD and see what else you can get. I think if people felt more supported in the areas where they need it, then they, they might hang on longer. Okay. Wow. That was, that was great. Thank you for coming on. Anytime. This was amazing. Um, if you have to give some advice to a new teacher mm-hmm. and then you had to give some advice to an experienced teacher, mm-hmm. last questions, what would that be? Advice to a new teacher, get you a mentor teacher. Mm. Uh, nah, uh, uh, an experienced teacher who can help, guide you through your life as an educator right not just classroom your life as an educator yes um as an experienced teacher i'd say connect with a new teacher and i say that because i think once you've Mm -hmm. been in it for so long there's certain things that you forget or you forget how you felt when you were in that position right and so and because you have so much more that you can offer to other people if you've been in it for a while so that's it final words Final words. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that conversation between me and my good friend Sparkle. It was a pleasure having her on as I knew it would be. Before we get out of here, remember, you may need to try out many things to get to where you're truly meant to be. Don't be afraid. Take the leap. Also, You never know where the advice you need will come from or who will be the one to pick you up when you need it most. Lastly, go find your green grass. As always, thank you for listening. Keep teaching, keep learning, and I will see you all on the next journey.